Welcome to FRC Media News for Thursday, January 23, 2020. I'm Keith Tebow. Bristol Community College once again held a community event to commemorate the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We speak this week with three candidates looking to fill the seat being left by Congressman Joe Kennedy. And the leaking roof at Fall River's public library is no longer a problem. We'll have those and other stories coming up in just a few moments, but first, We'll check in with the news headlines of the week. We bring in Phil Devitt, the digital news editor at the Herald News. Phil, how are you? I'm doing fine, Keith. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. A um, lot going on uh, this week, and we'll get to, to some, some of it. But first, that something that actually uh, broke this morning, uh, more of a regional story that's actually morphed into a, a state and national story. Uh, the woman convicted of manslaughter for urging her suicidal boyfriend to kill himself, Michelle Carter. She was released from jail today, uh, a few months earlier than uh, what was expected. What, what more do we know about this, if anything, Phil? Yeah, so Michelle Carter was sentenced to uh, 15 months in jail and five years of probation. Today she is released four months early. Uh, which might lead some people to ask why. Uh, we're told that it's due to earned good time. Uh, in a press conference uh, following her release today, uh, Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson uh, told reporters uh, that she was a model inmate. Um, what exactly that means specifically, we don't know. But um, right. at least, um, you know, from right. his perspective, uh, you know, she, she did everything she was uh, supposed to do uh, as an inmate. Um, her parents picked her up in a black SUV and uh, off she went this morning. Um, but it's, it's a tragic story all around. You know, you saw justice served here. She, she went to jail for a, a little while. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's tragic because we, we still have a young man uh, gone too soon. Yeah, there's um, a, uh, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, there's a reaction in the um, Associated Press story. That we're referencing here of uh, Conrad Roy, he was the victim in that uh, in that uh, incident. His uh, grandfather not too pleased with Sheriff Hodgson and letting uh, Michelle Carter off early. Um, last week, the U.S. Supreme Court actually took up the case and declined to hear Carter's appeal um, for um, an, an outright um, uh, reversal of of her of her conviction. But uh, either way, she is out now, and uh, there'll be a lot of discussion on this, of course. Um, HBO had done a special um, on this entire uh, situation and in this case. So um, some way a closure in terms of uh, the fact that now Michelle Carter is uh, out after serving her time at the Bristol County House of Correction. All right. Um, also last week, a uh, very busy uh, weekend for the Diocese of Fall River. The Diocese on Sunday released a uh, press release which mentioned that it was... Um, retiring, suspending rather, two retired priests who had served in the ministry after allegations of sexual uh, abuse of a minor. Uh, both of the uh, priests, uh, Father James F. Buckley and Father Edward J. Byington, are no longer servicing in parishes. However, they still uh, perform masses from time to time. A number of retired priests will be fill-ins at local parishes. Um, this uh, continues, Phil, to raise the, uh, the question of how widespread sexual abuse could have been here in the Diocese of Fall River and in other Catholic dioceses across the country. It does. Um, you know, uh, sadly, the, the Catholic Church is no stranger to, um, you know, these allegations at this point, uh, at least in the Fall River Diocese. Um, 
you know, the, the diocese told us in that press release and subsequently that um, these particular allegations uh, are remain under investigation. Um, they've been referred to law enforcement. To what extent they'll be able to get involved, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know. But um, suspension of these priests um, is uh, standard practice uh, whenever an investigation like this takes place. Um, The diocese tells us, yes, they are retired. As you noted, Keith, um, they have uh, served uh, at some parishes throughout the diocese since retirement. Uh, When they were active priests, uh, both uh, gentlemen at various times served at uh, churches uh, in Fall River itself. Um, The bishop, uh, Edgar de Cuna, told us in a statement uh, that the diocese is committed to uh, a fair and transparent process. And the diocese has also brought in a social worker to um, focus on outreach to victims and survivors. Right. Um, as a follow-up, one of the attorneys uh, representing uh, one of the alleged victims in the case, uh, attorney uh, Mitchell Garabedian, is uh, representing a, a client that allegedly was um, impacted by Reverend Byington. And this uh, this specific incident occurred back all the way back in 1971 when Reverend Byington was um, part of a, a retreat program, a, a Roman Catholic retreat program um, in Taunton, even though at that time uh, at a church in Taunton, even though Reverend Byington was not um, a pastor or affiliated with that church at that time. So it's something that continues to be a, a black mark uh, for our region and our and our uh, Catholic faithful here in the Diocese of Fall River, and something that we will uh, we will continue to to follow through on and and cover as uh, we get more information, either from law enforcement or from the diocese itself. One other story this week: uh, Mayor Jaziel Correa, of course, his uh, federal charges are still in court in Boston. He's due to be next in court in May, and under the uh, second set of indictments uh, of the total 24. There are also six charges against his former chief of staff, uh, Jen Andrade. And this week, uh, Mrs. Andrade uh, filed a motion in federal court to sort of sever her case from the mayor's case, asking to be tried separately. What does that normally mean in, in cases like this, Phil? Well, it's going to be a matter of time. It's going to be a matter of waiting to see what the judge says in this particular case, if, if they'll go for it. We don't know for sure if right. that'll happen. Um, uh, Jen Andrade and, and Jaisal Correa are linked. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, she helped him to uh, a win to get the mayor's seat and then served as his chief of staff. Um, but it's exactly that link now that Andrade and her attorney are arguing um, would be bad for her, given right. that, um, you know, she's trying to distance herself from. Uh, the federal charges he faces, which, uh, and there's substantially more there than the ones she's facing. Um, And her attorney is basically saying, look, if they're tried together, if if they're made to look like they're in the same, um, you know, uh, in the same boat, um, this is going to cause substantial prejudice, to use his words, um, to her case. So it's a matter of fairness from their perspective. Um, We have uh, Android facing six six counts. in the extortion leg of the case, ranging from conspiracy to um, bribery to making false statements. Um, she pleaded guilty, um, not guilty, I'm sorry, not guilty late last year, um, and is currently set to uh, go to trial May 4th. So it's, uh, there's some time there to see what the judge says, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. Um, also in the motion, um, Andrade's attorney, Charles Rankin, says that a good number of the uh, indictments, the first set, the first 11, if you will, against Mayor Correa had to do with his work 
uh, with Snow Owl and the app that he had created before he became mayor. And he felt that that's, again, detrimental to his client in that there's no proof that uh, Ms. Andrade was uh, involved at all in that part of the indictment. So, so that's another reason why they're looking to sever the case uh, from uh, Mayor Correa. So we'll have to see what happens, what the judge says. But as of right now, both are uh, set to be back in court on May 4th, as you said. Please continue to follow what uh, Phil and his crew is doing at uh, the Forever Herald News. But right now we'll take a break and we'll have more right after this. Here are some job descriptions on the latest hot jobs list from the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center. Senior Ruby on Rails Developer, Sexeta Incorporated, a cybersecurity company located at 1082 Davall Street, is looking to hire a full-time senior Ruby on Rails developer responsible for assisting in the planning, development, and implementation of Sexeta's code and user-driven applications. Job number 13104652. Registered Nurse. Nightingale Visiting Nurses, located at 1822 North Main Street, is looking for a full-time experienced registered nurse to complete in-home visits performing head-to-toe assessments, wound care, and blood draws. Job number 13104428. Food Service Director. Next Step Healthcare, located at 1748 Highland Avenue, is urgently looking for a full-time food service director to plan and direct the nursing home food service staff to ensure safe, nutritious, cost-effective meals and snacks for residents. Job number 13102950. Bayada Home Healthcare Incorporated is looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions in the Fall River area. Home Health Aides, job number 13102385. Home Health Assistance, job number 13098887. The Fall River Public Schools, located at 417 Rock Street, is also looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. Elementary After School Teacher, job number 13097330. Instructional Support Liaison, job number 13097150. For more information about these or other positions, visit Mass Hire Job Quest at jobquest.dcs.eol.mass.gov or call the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center at 508-730-5000. Welcome back. The Fall River Public Library roof, damaged and leaking for months, has finally been repaired much to the appreciation of library director Leanne Verville. Well, the update is that the roof is completely done. Um, we're very pleased with it. They repainted the whole reference room, which looks wonderful. And they've been doing other painting, painting the walls throughout the library that needed some touch-up. Um, but the roof is completely dry now. We've had a number of rainstorms and no leaks. We're very pleased with the project. The reference room is temporarily relocated into the Ryan reference room. Um, but once the light fixtures in the reference room are replaced, they will be moving back to their original location, which would probably be about another week. But we've been providing reference service right along. Um, no interruption with that, so everything worked out wonderful. The project was funded by monies funneled through the Conservation Community Act. Three candidates looking to replace Congressman Joseph Kennedy were in Fall River this week to introduce themselves and their campaign goals to the community. We asked each candidate what they can offer to city residents if elected to serve the 4th Congressional District. 
especially since all of the current candidates are from the northern part of the state. Here are their answers, starting with Dave Cavell, followed by Jesse Murmel, and ending with Alan Casey. You're absolutely right. A lot of us are from the northern part of the district. A lot of us are from, as I am, Brookline. But so what I say is that means this is up to you all. This is up to Fall River. This is up to Taunton. This is up to Attleboro. Because all of us are going to split our votes some number of ways up there. And then the question will be, who does Fall River want to be their next member of Congress? Now, again, I'm somebody who, with Governor Deval Patrick, with Attorney General Maura Healy, has been down to Fall River. I've been to the battleship. I've been to the treatment centers. And my number one issue in this campaign is the opioid crisis. And why is that? Well, five people a day die in Massachusetts from opioid overdoses. And I think that there are thousands and thousands of families who have not gotten the help and the treatment that they need. And that's my day one issue in Congress. I want to go there and I want to really fight for the resources that the families were promised by many people, including this president, and not given. And I think that that's something that this community needs. That's something that this community can benefit from, as well as all the other things that we worked on with the Attorney General's office. Because one of my favorite statistics, one of my favorite facts, is that there are 50,000 coal jobs left in America. Total, 50,000 coal jobs. There are 110,000 clean energy jobs in Massachusetts alone. And students at a place like BCC are the students who can fill those jobs. And I think that's an industry we need to invest in and grow. Not only because it's gonna save the planet, but also because this is the future. And the future starts right here at BCC. The future starts right here in Fall River. And that's what we need to be about right now. First and foremost, I think that I can promise that I not just understand, but empathize with what it's like to come from a community uh, where things maybe not have gone uh, as swimmingly as they feel like they've gone for in other parts of the district. My father ran the hardware store a few blocks off of Main Street in the small town in Pennsylvania where I grew up. And I don't have to tell anyone in Fall River what that experience was like when the mill closed at the end of Main Street and you own the local hardware store. You can put two and two together and figure out what it was like for our family. You know, we made it through, but times were lean, and I know that a lot of our neighbors would have killed for lean. But I've been working on the issues that matter to the people of Fall River for the past 20 years, in addition to coming from a place that feels a whole heck of a lot like this. I've worked and led on paid family and medical leave. I've worked and led on investing in transportation. You know, I was talking to a local state rep from down here, and they were telling me that they already have three shovels in their office from the kickoff to South Coast Rail, and I said, my goal is to get you a fourth and have that be the last one. So I want to continue to lead on the issues that I've already been working on that matter to working families like the folks who are here in Fall River. And I know that I can take that experience to Washington and deliver for this community and the other 33 communities in this district. So I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I spent the first few years of my life in a small town called Catanning. Reminds me of Fall River, you know, which was booming in the 30s, 40s, 50s because of the coal mines, the steel mills, the factories. My great-grandfather, Augusto Mantini, was a coal miner. And now it's, you know, been passed by by the 21st century economy. So I'm committed to rolling up my sleeves and working with the mayor, working with leaders in Fall River to make sure that we can take advantage of the booming 21st century economy. We're not that far from Boston. Boston is the hottest city in the world right now. I want to make sure that the folks in Fall River and Taunton, Attleboro, get access to what's happening with the Boston Miracle, with South Coast Rail, fixing the commuter rail, making sure that people can live here if they want to work in Boston or the greater Boston area where it's booming, we can do that. So 
my whole life has been about service. I'm an entrepreneur. I understand small business. I've already visited YouthBill here. I visited with Entrepreneurs for All. There's a lot we can do. And you've got a great new mayor who I know would be a wonderful partner if I get elected. Now, Congressman Kennedy has announced his plans to challenge incumbent Edward Markey for his U.S. Senate seat. We'll have more FRC Media News after this. considering a homeless pet today. I hope you enjoy what you're about to see. And as always, please feel free to contact the shelter before coming down to make sure that the pets you're viewing are still available for adoption. We can be reached at 508-677-9154. Welcome to Hot Dogs and Cool Cats. Today we have Genevieve and Sandy. We'll start off with Genevieve, who's a four-year-old female. She's a bit shy, but once she gets comfortable, she begins to come out of her shell and can be friendly, but it takes time to get to know her and get her to be confident around you. Uh, is up to date on shots and she's already fixed and she would do best in a home that's quiet and very still and just a very all-around calm place for her to get comfortable. We also have Sandy who is six years old. She's another female who's shy and could use some time to get comfortable with whoever is willing to take the time to get to know her. She'd also do best in a quiet home that's also very calm. As she, as mentioned, she is pretty shy, but like all other cats, when she's given a chance and some time to get used to her surroundings in a home, she'll come out of her shell and be your best friend. Since they both would do best in the ideal home that is quiet and calm, it'd be best for them to go together if that's possible. They did not come in together and they're not bonded, but they'd both do well in the same type of home. They have gotten to be close to each other while at the shelter. They're always caught taking naps together or looking outside with each other. So if possible, it'd be nice for them to go together. If you'd like to get to know Genevieve and Sandy, you can come down to Forever Paws Animal Shelter on Linwood Street, and I'm sure they'd be happy to meet you. The birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. was celebrated this week at Bristol Community College. Part of the celebration was the winners of an essay contest to honor the late equal rights leader. The winner, Bristol a nursing student rather, Daniel Candeas, who read part of his essay to the audience. And I start with a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, we are prone to judge success by the index of our salaries or the size of our automobiles rather than by the quality of our service and relationship to mankind. Community is derived from the Latin word communis, meaning shared in common. But what does community mean today? Our community is more than our town. It is more than where we live. It does not simply end at our city line. Community is surreal, encompassing a network of people who live and work alongside each other. Members within a community share ideals, attitudes, and characteristics. A strong and supportive and loving community, especially during our time, is a powerful force for change. Dr. Martin Luther King realized this important fact, and he popularized the idea of a beloved community. He believed that if a majority of people were committed to his and her fellow human beings, all people could share in the resources of the earth. He said, the end is reconciliation, the end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. And it is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. 
Next week, the Fuller Republic Library will host a special event for children 12 years of age and under. If you're wondering why I'm holding my little friend here, it's because on Tuesday, January 28th at 4 o'clock, we are celebrating the Chinese New Year. And this year, it is the year of the rat. So come along and join us for a wonderful celebration. We'll be making Year of the Rat hats. They are so cool. We'll be making good luck coin bracelets here at the library. We'll be serving fortune cookies and we'll be sharing an ancient Chinese tale. So if you want to have a wonderful Chinese New Year celebration, visit us at the Fall River Public Library. And that'll do it for this edition of FRC Media News. You can watch FRC Media News Thursdays and Fridays at 6 p.m. and get all our other news online 24-7 at frmedia.org. For all of us here at FRC Media News, I'm Keith Tebow. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday.